0: Hey everyone. This is Alex and I'm here with my husband Shane. Baby Lou's in bed. The cat is in her room, and we are so happy that you could join us on this family tree episode 26.
1: How are you feeling, Alex?
0: Good. Good. Uh you just say that fat.
1: You, you you cried when I handed you a bottle of conditioner today.
0: Yeah, I don't want to get into it. Leaving that where it is. Why? Um, Oh, I, gr- I grabbed conditioner. Can you open mine too? Mm-hmm. I grabbed conditioner sh- instead of shampoo, and I've just been very overwhelmed today. So we're leaving that where it is. Uh, yesterday, though, was Valentine's Day, and you were feeling a little bit down on Valentine's Day, but I think that we had a really great night.
1: I wasn't feeling down.
0: Well, you you were talking about uh, everybody at work and how everybody's making fun of it. Nobody's doing anything, but you. And I didn't I had give
1: a, a shit. <laughs> I'm I didn't not, know if I'm, that was
0: getting in your head or not. No,
1: I'm not like, guys, stop making fun of Valentine's Day. You're ruining it for me. No,
0: but everybody... Every The thing is, it's the cool thing to do is to act like you don't care about Valentine's Day. Is and
1: that the cool thing to do?
0: Yeah, I have never heard of anybody in real life being like, oh, I'm excited for Valentine's Day. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, what a Hallmark holiday, blah, blah, blah. And nobody, nobody ever actually says that there's something... About it that they're into. and You love it. No, I like an excuse to do something out of the routine. Like family days on Monday. I like
1: excuses to do things out of the routine. But Valentine's Day kind of sucks because all the restaurants are booked. It's usually on an inconvenient day in the week. Uh, Things are more expensive. Flowers get jacked the F up. That's
0: the only thing that's more expensive is flowers.
1: And I feel like you get a lot of credit... For getting someone flowers on a day that's not Valentine's Day? Yes. And all you get is flack for not bringing the flowers on Valentine's Did Day.
0: Did I give you flack? Have I ever given you flack for that?
1: No, because I've established myself as an unflower type person. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I'm I'm also not one to expect flowers on Valentine's Day. But before I sound like everybody else I heard talking about on Friday, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. And... I like it because it's an excuse to do something nice together and maybe out of the ordinary. Like, because the restaurants are so busy, it forces you to find something different. Like, find what wouldn't be busy. Like, you and I usually go to that greasy burger joint in Toronto. And I, I like that kind of creativity. It <laughs> It is. It's, it's so much fun. So,
1: what was this year's creativity?
0: Well, this year's creativity was like we didn't really plan for it it just kind of happened so you came home from work we were planning on going to a movie and we had been for like you know since the night before we were kind of tossing that around and then brought lucy to my parents because she was going to fall asleep there we're going to pick her up afterward and after i dropped her off my parents go alex you know what just leave her here all night come back in the morning at nine o'clock you guys sleep in have a great valentine's day so then that felt amazing so when i came home I told you and we're both feeling amazing and it felt like we were like in a bachelor pad or in a little hotel without the kid there and it turned our house into like a fun zone. We could put the TV up super loud. We could like talk real loud. I could shout down the stairs to you if you were downstairs. I don't know if we did that, but that was a possibility. Then we were having so much fun in our place that we decided to stay in and rent a movie on TV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are the biggest liar. How? You made that narrative like we were having so much fun we decided to stay in.
0: Well, no, because it felt so great. Not it, it wasn't that we were having so much fun. It was just so freeing that like our house became <laughs> – <laughs> what?
1: That, that might have been a fringe benefit once we realized that every restaurant we wanted to go to was packed. And no, was we only one checked
0: hour, right? one restaurant.
1: Right, and it was kind of a a burger place. So we were like, geez, if this burger place is going to be an hour and a half wait, I can't even imagine a normal restaurant.
0: Yeah, but it was such an easy decision that I think we were both kind of trying to stay home anyway. Yeah. Like you showed up with cookies to bake.
1: I did. <laughs> because I was hoping I could catch you before you sent Lou off. Yeah. And I for some reason I thought on the way down to wherever we're going, we we're going to together drop Lou off. Mm-hmm. But we didn't. Um, but we, we did have the house to ourselves so we could yell down and do all the things.
0: <laughs> Watch and TV I, loud. And of
1: course, we would never do those things. But like you said, sometimes the fact that you can do something is liberating. Yeah. Even if you don't do it.
0: Oh, it was so much fun. I just, I just loved the feeling of the house and kind of feeling like it was pre-responsibility times. That's true. It was it was very fun for if me. If you
1: could, were able to drink, that would have been nice. Oh, I, f- I find that's the thing I'm missing the most because I don't really care from not out drinking with mm-hmm. friends, but a big relaxing part of our life. Why am I saying life of, <laughs> <laughs> of our life? is <laughs> no, I, I just won't say life anymore <laughs> <laughs> sorry. but a relaxing part is us kind of winding down at the end of the day and having a drink
0: yeah or yeah two we love that. or three we could have gotten turnt perfect. last night
1: yeah and it would have been fun yeah but so this pregnancy is kind of <laughs>
0: cutting into- it's
1: making me stressed out a little bit because i don't have that time to unwind with you
0: yeah no i uh wouldn't have known um, mm-hmm. No, but I'm kidding. I I do. I do wish that we had that time to like really unwind together mm-hmm. because in the evenings <clears throat> um, Especially during the week and on Friday like from Monday to Friday and Sunday Let's throw Sunday in there too because works the next day mm-hmm. Saturday night is the only night that we can really unwind and we podcast which again I do like but it's still not sitting there kind of brains off, but we are from Sunday to f- Friday not able like you get home from work we're kind of tense still from the day and then we go to we have to go to bed Mm -hmm. like there's really not much time to unwind to decompress together to talk so that gets tough and i do miss being able to have that wine or that old-fashioned and just kind of really let go but yeah, that would have been really great. So, uh, mom and dad, if you're listening, once baby number two comes, if you want to have another sleepover, please be our guests, uh, so Shane and I can get a little litty.
1: No, but we can. You say that? <laughs> that's just we don't need them to have the baby to get a little litty. It's not like we're doing anything. Oh well,
0: no, but no, I know that. But I'm just saying it, like to get that vibe of turning our house into like a cool pre-responsibility pad for a couple hours
1: i know but if we're going to do that let's actually go out turn
0: the tv up loud no i agree
1: we don't listen to the tv that loud
0: no i need to because I have bad hearing but but never loud enough for her
1: to hear this (laughs) is a ridiculous conversation i'm
0: sorry i do want to uh talk about what we did do on valentine's day because it was still very special i thought we, (laughs) we fell asleep on the couch in and out of sleep watching a movie that was fun called knives out
1: we ordered wings and watched a movie
0: (laughs) but i love falling asleep on the couch that's like one of the things that i really love in life is when you have that good chunk of time where you can just watch a movie on the couch and Mm -hmm. you know be in and out of sleep it's so cozy to me and you gave me a though rushed well-written card and i liked it you played it down so much but i thought it was nice
1: oh, i wrote alex the worst card ever i was on feeling such pressure i went to the shopper's drug mart on my way home from work got a card that says i'm so glad i swiped right which is true not with you but with your cousin with my cousin anyway uh and then i went to a tim hortons because it was freezing out in canada it was like negative 30 on this day I went to a Tim Hortons to warm up, and I'm writing in the card, but there's people laughing at me, like in <laughs> watching me, at least it felt like that. It was like,
0: like 7.30 that. at
1: night. <laughs> 7.30 at night with this stupid looking card, It's like a joke card. My pen's not working because uh, the characters in the card, they were dogs, and uh, the dog's belly was this different <laughs> brown material that didn't really, it wasn't working with pens. Anyway, it was very frustrating, and then I just kind of gave up on the card, and I was like, I'm going to just explain to Alex that this happened, I'm feeling rushed, I love you more than this card would indicate, and then that seemed to make you feel good, so it worked.
0: Oh, it totally worked. And I
1: brought you two, as a gift, I got you Pillsbury cookie.
0: Yes. Which you baked, I didn't even have to bake, you did, and you did <laughs> yeah, a great job. That, that was a part yeah, I of like it.
1: how easy to please you are. Uh, <laughs> two things of Pringles. Yeah. Well, they were actually off-brand off brand Pringles and a big package of nibs because nibs have somehow plagued our relationship because there was one day you wanted nibs. At
0: work, a woman was eating nibs and it was the only the two of us sharing an office and she didn't offer me any, but she didn't offer me any, but even though we were in conversation the whole time and she's it's a giant bag and she kept shoving them in her mouth and she wouldn't offer me one and I wanted one so bad.
1: So I, Alex was telling me this, Mm. this great story about this (laughs) and I said, oh honey, I'll bring you nibs and she, and she was like, you, you will? Shane, that's amazing. That's so nice. You do that. I love you so much. I'm like, geez. I told him how romantic that would be. Long story short, I end up working to like midnight that night. Jackass. I, I come home and she wakes up as I sneak into the room. She's like, where's the nibs? I'm like, are you kidding me, Alex? It's 1 a.m. Hey,
0: I was ready to be swept off by feet by some licorice.
1: Okay. Then there was. she brought up the nibs the next day, started a bit of an argument. It kind of pissed <laughs> me off if I'm being honest here. Now she finally has her nibs. Finally. So it was, in the end, it was kind of like a romantic uh, gesture, I guess. The nibs out of all the other stupid gifts I got you. Did I get I you anything good. else?
0: Uh, no, 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 the food. But food is the best way to a pregnant woman's heart, for sure.
1: And you got me a card from shoppers also with the dancing robot in it.
0: Yes, also a very cheesy card. Usually we get cooler cards, and we're pretty good at card choosing. But very cheesy this year.
1: You also got me...
0: Oh, yeah, the main thing.
1: A a wooden... A charcuterie board.
0: No, well we already own the charcuterie board.
1: It was a charcuterie board that we had owned already. So that wasn't the gift, guys. It was... A bunch of pepperettes in the shape of a heart. It was a meat heart. It was a meat heart. And the idea there is I'm on a weird diet where it's called the carnivore diet where I'm just eating meat. Apparently, this is supposed to make me look very svelte.
0: But I thought the meat heart was going to make Shane super happy. But Shane has been eating too much meat and too many pepperettes so that when he saw and smelled the pepperettes, it actually made him really sick. Yeah. Well, special Valentine's Day. Okay. Okay so one thing that has been bothering me all week and today i saw a lot of it shane and i went to a play place that has opened up by our house it's really cool you go in you pay like 750 for just your kid and it has like 15 rooms that are all themed differently so like a bistro a fire truck a circus room things like that uh and the kids can just go and play in there for as long as they want For seven bucks. It's really very, very cool. Sorry, I have the burps from my bubbly, if you can cut those out. Like, Shane.
1: Alex, come on.
0: I was talking. That was clearly not me.
1: You said you were going to be burping.
0: Yeah, but I was like in the middle of a word when you did that.
1: All right. (laughs) Continue.
0: So sitting in there and like watching Lucy and watching Shane and playing was a lot of fun. But I noticed, and this is something I'm noticing more and more frequently, is that people just have poop faces. And it's not just, it was all the parents there had poop faces on. But not just them. It's like, you walk anywhere. Do you remember when we were at Disney World, walking around, how many people had poop faces? Yeah. Like, and a poop face, to remind you, Shane, and uh, if you guys don't know, it's just, you know, a face that looks like you are just having a real crappy time or just of complete boredom and disdain for whatever it is you're doing and when we were at disney world happiest place on earth so many people that we walked by and i think we were smiling like dummies everybody had a poop face
1: well especially the man who told you to uh, fuck off or whatever oh
0: that guy was the worst he had the biggest poop face ever but did you notice today at the play place all the parents with poop faces?
1: Just I just don't like saying poop face a hundred times. I can't do this. PFs? I feel like you're over saying poop face just because right, you can.
0: with these expressions.
1: Yeah, I did. I, I, I just feel like maybe they feel uncomfortable. And a lot of times when people are in spaces like that, they have a tendency to talk through their children and mm. not even interact with other adults. Yeah. So people... Like, you're very good at maintaining a sociability and talking through Lucy. Mm -hmm. I'm really only good at talking through Lucy. I try to pretend I can smile and stuff, but I'm not good at it. But some parents, you're right, they don't even put in that effort to pretend they can be social.
0: No, they just stand there looking miserable.
1: But I do feel for those people because... Maybe they're just feeling incredibly awkward and they're trying to make a go of it because they know it's best for their kid to be out there, but they don't necessarily want to be out in the world.
0: But think about like even just walking to work. Like next time you're walking to work, just look at all the people walking by you on the street. Everybody just has this like, it's either a solemn expression or like they're grimacing and nobody ever looks happy. And it always reminds me, looking at these faces going by, it always reminds me like, fix your poop face and like just try to like be happy and look happy and like emanate Mm -hmm. happiness and it'll help
1: easier for some people you you're good at that so you want other people to be good at the thing you're good at
0: but if you weren't good at it don't you think it's a good thing to practice that that could help your overall mood
1: some people's faces like my face isn't fixed like yours your face is fixed different than mine
0: yeah but you can still like just have a hint of a smile when you pass somebody it's
1: weird because it can make you're also welcoming people to talk to you
0: not if you're going in opposite directions. Well,
1: yeah. Like if I walked around like that, coworkers would want to talk to me more. <laughs> like I find if you kind of keep your head down, they're not going to talk to you as much.
0: Pull the Larry David mega hat move.
1: Just avert your eyes.
0: No, but I just, I do think that it is a good reminder, maybe, if you are willing to practice looking happier and feeling a little bit happier, unless you're just not and you're feeling like crap, then don't. But. Why not just try to give off, like, a warmth when you kind of go around in the world?
1: Because you might attract people you don't want to, especially <laughs> especially if you're a woman and you're going around <laughs> smiling. I guess, too, they run into the problem of men going, like, where's the smile, sweetheart? Yeah. So you can't really win, I guess. No, I
0: men, uh, if they want to find a way in there to talk to you, they're going to.
1: But if you're somewhat normal, change, pr- turn that frown upside down is the message.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just think too many people look miserable in life. And I'd love to see people just looking a little happier in their day. Whistle while you work type thing. Somebody will be sitting there and like just for the camera in case we use this. We'll be sitting there with like mouth agape and just looking like they've been lobotomized. Like. <laughs> 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 and, and it reminds me also, like if my mouth is a gape, to shut it and to maybe look a little more lively. Do you know what I mean, though? When I say that, like that look, slack It's all encompassed by poop face in my mind, which I'm tr- gonna stop saying. But yeah, I guess that's one that's one version of it.
1: Solid banter today. <laughs> I like it. I like the rants. Alex is going off on rants. I enjoy this. I do. Uh, I have a a query for you. How come you enjoy sleeping on the couch with the TV on, but in the bed you don't like it? Because I love the TV on in the bed.
0: Well, because in the bed I'm trying to actually go to sleep, but the couch is the pre-sleep sleep. sleep. So I like to cuddle up on the couch, feel warm, and get a little pre-sleep in where there's no pressure to actually (laughs) fall asleep. And but when I'm in bed, that's what I actually want.
1: <laughs> oh, now I get it. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense to me.
0: You don't get that? No. Okay, so when you're in bed, there's there's a pressure. Like if you are going to bed for the night, especially with a baby, I'm getting up mm-hmm. early in the morning. So there's a pressure to actually fall asleep and have a quality I, sleep.
1: I agree with that.
0: But before you go upstairs. If you're just still in the hangout mode and like watching a movie or falling asleep on the couch, there's no pressure there. So whether you're you know, asleep for 30 minutes, you wake up a little bit or whatever, it's just a nice little bonus relaxation.
1: I don't like that. I'm the exact opposite because because there's so much pressure to go to sleep in bed. I like having no pressure, watching TV and just drift off whenever you may. That's why I listen to a podcast every night Mm -hmm. when I'm going to sleep. But sleeping on a couch before I'm going to go to bed, I'm like, no, because what if I accidentally fall asleep for an hour on the couch before we go to bed? Then I've logged an hour before I even get to bed. And guess what? Now I'm wired and awake. (laughs) Now I can't get to sleep at all. That hour has cost me four hours of sleep. But
0: you can't just like continue the sleepiness and bring yourself upstairs. Not
1: if I have an hour of restfulness Mm. because now I'm awake for that extra hour. And that extra hour can make my mind race. Mm. Whereas if I'm watching BoJack Horseman on the Netflix and then I just drift away, next thing I know it's morning. And I feel great. And that's my thought on that.
0: (laughs) Um, No, I I get that. But... Yeah, no, I, I. I'm so sorry, listeners.
1: Um, anything else?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I. I <laughs>
1: Is it possible to be awkward with your own wife?
0: <laughs> okay, I actually had um. One other thing I want to touch on that was a part of the play place discussion. I didn't know we were going to talk about couch sleeping uh, as an introduction.
1: I'm sorry, Alex, that I went <laughs> off your strict guidelines. No, that's
0: Okay, not strict guidelines, but uh, one other thing that I noticed there, aside from the expressions, was the fact that nobody was cleaning up after their kids' mess, or their kids weren't cleaning. Don't up. say
1: no one. There was a. a we were. There was a. V- Uh, Like a noticeable minority.
0: Okay, a noticeable minority that were actually, you know, putting things away as they go along. I'm not talking about like put everything back perfectly. But just like make things look kind of normal for the next kids that come in to use everything. For example, we were in the craft room and Lou decided to start painting. So you take the paintbrushes out of the little tin and they have a water thing so that you don't get the colors mixed up. And it's like really beautifully laid out so when we were done painting we washed all the brushes and put them back in the tin took our art with us and tucked in the chairs easy to do literally takes less than 10 seconds the table beside us not like the paint brushes were sitting in the paint getting all gunky there was water all over the table there were nothing was put away where it should be and that's just making it Crappy for the next kids and the next parents Who have to go in and then clean up That mess and then play and then clean Up their own mess
1: that being said This place was very clean
0: well Because the staff is pretty on top Of things mm-hmm.
1: like I was Shocked mm-hmm. how clean this place Was yeah and the crowd Isn't even a crowd it's perfectly managed. and today
0: they even have it, had a busy Event going what on. is
1: this place if you're in the hamilton Area
0: it's called pearl hummingbird check It out it's on um upper james
1: Seven dollars Just for the child, parents are free or you're allowed up to two guardians. They don't have to be the parents. And you said a lot of places end up charging uh, one of the parents, right? Like, or one of the guardians.
0: Oh, so many times I see, you know, there's one parent able to go in for free and the next one has to pay the same price Mm -hmm. as a kid or something.
1: So you're acting like it's some dumpster fire.
0: No, 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 no. I'm saying that it's amazing and it's beautiful and people need to work to keep it that way. Like after your, because it was just. It was really grating on me how people were just kind of not saying, okay, like, you know, put that paintbrush back where you got it now that we're done in this area. Because your kids absolutely can learn those kind of boundaries or like rules, whatever they are, and manners for being out in public. Like when we were moving from the block area, I said, okay, Lucy, put all the blocks in the bin. And then she started to. We helped her out. Done in 30 seconds. And then we moved on to the next room. And Lucy is 20 months. Like, you can absolutely give your kids those rules to just, you know, pick up what you can when you're done and then go play with something else. Mm-hmm. I just think that's the polite thing to do, whether you're in your own house, whether you're at somebody else's house, or whether you're at a play place. This is a
1: pretty hot take. Polite to clean up after yourself. Wow. You're going to get a lot of detractors on this one. Huh? <laughs> Do you know who's controversial? This family tree. No,
0: but I mean at a public play place where another parent might say, well, it's their job to clean it for you. And our job is like, it's taking the (laughs) onus off of us as parents to have our kids there.
1: I fully agree with you. And I think anyone who doesn't is weird. (laughs) But I do notice your lips, again, just to digress, your lips look a lot bigger tonight. Because you've missed <laughs> your lips, like are over your. You have put the lipstick over your. lips. I was
0: doing it in the dark.
1: So this isn't me. on purpose. No. Okay, because you already have normal sized lips. I know we talked about uh, injections, but you do not need them. So do
0: they look this
1: illusion the- you're trying to do is not?
0: No. Well, here's one thing. I am in for overlining because uh, it's a good way to make your lips your lips bigger without actually doing it.
1: It doesn't look right the way you well, did it. Well, here's though. the thing, baby. It looks like. Um, my grandma used to do this. She had El- <laughs> she had Alzheimer's, and she would accidentally get it on her teeth and above her lip.
0: It's not on my teeth.
1: No, and that's not a huge brag. It still is above the lip.
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing: I was putting on uh, my lip stuff in a dark room, so
1: in a dark room.
0: Yeah, this light wasn't on when I was doing it. I was doing it in oh. that mirror there.
1: Okay, it sounds like you're in some like creepy photography place. It's just the lights were off.
0: The so, therefore, it was dark and we're in oh, a room. Oh, okay. It
1: was a dark room. Dark room sounds like we're like artistes with a, a f- photography developing room. <laughs> I was in a dark room. Okay. Dark enough room. enough banter yet? Yes. Okay. Um,
0: we are going to have a quick break so I can run to the washroom. And
1: then who are we talking and to? And then
0: we are going to talk to Christine, who is a cardiovascular surgeon. And Christine used a surrogate to give birth to her baby. And uh, we, we've we had the surrogate side on this, of the story before a few months ago, but- Didn't we
1: have two surrogates? No. Oh, we had the same woman twice? No. Continue.
0: Um. So we've had the side from the, the surrogate parent before, and now we are going to hear from the intended parent or the biological mother. So I'm really excited for this call uh, because I do have a lot of questions about kind of the emotional aspect. But we'll hear from Christine when we get back. So
1: she's a cardiovascular surgeon and was a surrogate.
0: She was not a surrogate. She used a surrogate to have her child. Right. Yes.
1: That is cool. I do like surrogates. <laughs> what is the thing we're in vitro we're talking about? Yes. Of? Okay. I mix everything up.
0: That's all right. Okay. You bass burgers.
1: You're making me hungry. <laughs>
0: Hello. Hi, Christine. Hi. Hey, this is Alex and Shane from This Family Tree Podcast. Thank you so much for taking our call tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. So, Christine, I told the listeners right before we called you that you used a surrogate to have your baby. And we have spoken with a surrogate in the past, but we've never had the biological mother, the intended parent side of things. So we are quite excited. Uh, You told me that you were an open book. So we're excited for that. Um, so I just want to start off by asking why surrogacy in your case? Well,
2: we, um, were trying to have a child for a year and had no luck. So we moved on to IVF mm-hmm. and, um, we got four embryos and the first embryo uh, was transferred and I was pregnant, right. but it ended, ended in a blighted ovum. Okay. And so with miscarriage. And retain products. And so I went on to have a DNC. Uh, and that left basically scar in my uterus and my uterus lining completely damaged. Oh my God. And I was never able to we, to grow a lining again um, thick enough to have another transfer. And we tried multiple, multiple ways uh, over a period of months to try to grow my uterus to a thickness that could take a transfer. And then basically my doctor was like, well... You're kind. You're kind of at the end of the road for you, but there's always surrogacy, so that's how we ended up with surrogacy.
0: So uh, you are doing this in Canada, right? Correct. Okay. So surrogacy in Canada, how does that work? Like, what is the process like?
2: Well, in Canada, it's altruistic, meaning that surrogates do not get compensated financially mm-hmm. they um that is illegal so they are reimbursed for their expenses so basically you can find surrogates independently you might have a friend or a sister or something along those lines that will offer to be your surrogate or you can go on agencies which is like a dating service um and that's uh, where we found uh, our surrogate
0: okay and was your surrogate living in the same like province or city as you or did you have to travel to meet up with them
2: uh our surrogate was in stratford ontario
0: oh nice close to us are you are you from ontario no
2: we're in nova scotia and uh born and raised here both my husband and i
0: oh that's amazing we love it out there
1: (laughs) it's great okay wait let me let me ask a dumb question (laughs) can when you when you have the surrogate does that mean that it's the kid ends up being half your husband and half this woman? Or is it like it's half you somehow through science?
2: So science is wonderful, and um, all of those options are possible. So traditional surrogacy, the surrogate themselves produces an egg for the intended parents, and then gestational surrogacy The intended parents provide the embryo. So, we did just gestational surrogacy. So, um, it was my uh, egg and my husband's sperm. So, he's biologically our child.
1: Wow. That's so cool. I know. That's
2: amazing. And you can also do donated embryos. So, you may not have any embryos and you may have a gestational surrogate. So, you can get either a donated embryo or you can get donated eggs and create an embryo with your husband's sperm. So that's all a possibility too.
0: So was it hard to choose the surrogate cuz I can only imagine especially if you're using someone like a, a service, there's so many options. And then you don't even know this person, so it's like can I trust them? And you're I don't know what you're judging them based on, but like I imagine maybe you have photos and a history and a medical history, but how hard is that cuz you're placing a lot of trust in a stranger?
2: Well, that's a loaded question. I mean, I'll start with the fact that there's not a lot of surrogates out there. Right. So um, and part of that is probably because there is no compensation in Canada. So a lot of surrogates opt out who are potential surrogates might opt out of the process when they find out. Um, because it can be, there can be some financial burden on them, even though there there shouldn't be. Um, so when we signed up, there was five surrogates, and we read through the profiles. We have their medical history, social history, how many children they have, their age, that that type of thing. And uh, there was one in particular that stuck out um, to us. I liked her because she was a bit older. Mm-hmm. Some of the surrogates were in their twenties, and I'm I was like thirty seven when we started this process. So okay. uh, I was looking for someone more my age, um, and she worked at a pig barn, which I thought was really cool, and that really um, grabbed my attention, and uh, ultimately, she's the person we matched with. We sent out an email to all of the surrogates. She got back to us the first, and so we uh, had a phone call with her um, for about an hour, an hour and a half the first time we spoke to her. We really connected with her. My, while we were on the phone, my husband was melding to me, her, I don't want her, I don't <laughs> want to talk to anybody else, And which was awesome, because I just had such a great feeling about her, and we flew down to Stratford two weeks later to meet her, mm-hmm. and she agreed to be our surrogate, and it's kind of like, one, you don't have a lot of options, two, you're kind of desperate, you know, yeah. like, we're we're coming into this defeated, mm-hmm. and, you know, we came so close to being pregnant, and then being told that you can't go anymore and this is kind of your last chance Mm -hmm. having a biological child so you kind of just are willing to match with anyone really but we were fortunate that we matched with someone that we really connected with so and we were lucky and i think if you don't wait for that person you're connected with you can get into a lot of trouble
1: i find it interesting that you actually wanted to go for somebody older because if they're over 35 that's considered a geriatric pregnancy so wouldn't you be worried about more complications associated with the older person?
2: Well, the geriatric complications come from the egg um, ah, and not the, the uterus. So you can you can be in menopause. Well, I mean, I take that back a little bit. You could be in menopause and you could trick your, your uterus into carrying a child. Um, there are complications because you're older. So, you know, you more likely for gestational diabetes and things like that. Um, but there's no more increased risk of chromosome or abnormalities oh, wow. um, or things like that because it's, it's uh, my egg, right? So yeah. that comes with the, the risk of the age of my egg when I created the, the embryos.
1: And are you, is one of the first questions you ask uh, the person, why are you doing this? What's in it for you? Like,
2: Absolutely. Some people like, well, I'm going to speak for surrogates here, so yes. I hope that I do, <laughs> do them justice. But some like to be pregnant, mm-hmm. um, and some just like want to do something good for mm-hmm. someone else. And that's kind of the situation our surrogate was in. She did, does, did not like being pregnant, um, <laughs> but her and her husband wanted to do something kind for someone, wow. um, you know, and she had been thinking about it for a really long time. And then once they met us, they're like, well, we want to do this for you. We want to we want to give you a family.
0: That's incredible. That is so Mm incredible. I hate being pregnant. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) did this woman. (laughs) No, I know. This is what I'm saying. I get it. So I can't imagine uh, just being in the position where, you know, that's the road of altruism kind of that I take in life. Um, which is amazing for somebody to choose that so if just so you said you had five that were kind of on the roster and those were the only options if you didn't connect with any of them would you just choose would you have chosen the best one that you kind of cross your fingers for or is there an option even for Canadians to go to the States and pay for something like that?
2: Yeah, all of those options. Uh, you know, you can wait. You can try different agencies. You can wait for more circuits to join the agency. You can go to the U.S. if you want and pay. For, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some pe- You can even go overseas, which is getting like India has a, a really big surrogacy there, which is That's a little... Sketchy because yeah. it's not well controlled or there's not a lot of laws around it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, those were all options. For
0: oh
1: us. wow! Alex told me to ask anything here, so I'm wondering what I'm assuming there has to be some sort of black market in Canada where people are illegally uh, putting themselves up for surrogacy. Did you poke around at that at all?
2: No, n- not at all. We we basically went through the agency because like. You don't know where or how to do this, yeah. No. Um, and so the agency guides you as far as like black market. I think that probably there's payments that could happen um, that aren't supposed supposed to happen. I, I suppose that that could happen. Mm-hmm. I don't hear those stories, so I don't know if that's common or if it does happen. But right. you know, I'm not aware of any black market. So
0: about the um, legality of like paying your surrogate. Is, are you allowed to like gift the money or is all of that just that doesn't happen to kind of keep the playing field mm-hmm. fair for everybody? You can
2: reimburse them for costs. So things that you can reimburse for are travel, mm-hmm. lost wages for the surrogate companion because if they have to go to medical appointments, they might want to bring their husband or right. a friend. Prenatal vitamins, maternity clothes. We reimburse for massage, and she was allowed to have physiotherapy or go with gym membership. We were all a reimburser for any of those things. Some people reimburse for groceries, and then if they go on bed rest, we right. have to reimburse them for their lost wages, or if they're a stay-at-home mom. You may have to reimburse for cleaning and child care and things along those lines. And legal fees, you're responsible for your surrogate's legal fees in addition to your own. And then, of course, things that fall outside of reimbursement, you can do... Some lawyers will say no gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, some will say gifts are okay as long as it's not a, a trip around the world. Right. So we... <laughs> We gave our surrogate a lot of flowers at milestones for birthday. We sent the family Christmas gifts. Um, We gave them birthday gifts when we were down in the summer. We sent them a a Christmas gift this Christmas as well. So, you know, the laws are there, but I don't think they've really been challenged. So it's pretty muddy as to what's allowed and what's not.
0: How you want. Um, I just I want to ask about the actual process of being pregnant. While the surrogate is going through that, you as like the biological mother who did try to get pregnant yourself and clearly wanted that experience, how do you handle, do you get feelings of jealousy or of longing? And how do you handle that for the nine month pregnancy?
2: So that's a great question. So before you're pregnant, both the surrogate and the intended parents have to go through a psychological evaluation, mm-hmm. um, so that's one one check for mental well being through it all. Yeah, and we really liked the therapist that we saw for our psyche valve. So I kept going back to her to make sure that my relationship with Mandy, who's our surrogate, was healthy and good and happy. Um, so I went back to her several times during the pregnancy. And one of the questions, you know, that they ask you are how you feel towards your surrogate. Do you feel jealous or Mm -hmm. envious? Because here you are, this person who can't provide like the basic female duty to get pregnant. And then you can have this woman who can do it for you. And imagine if she was drop dead gorgeous, for example, how would that make you feel? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of like complex emotions that are going on. But for me, I couldn't give a flying, you know what, I was just so <laughs> ha- happy that she was pregnant. I had grieved the, lo- the fact that I would never get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel envious uh, at all. Actually, I was just so happy that we were back in the game and the, in, that we were going to have a baby. That's but I, I think that some women probably do struggle with that. And I would think that sometimes that could make the relationship with the surrogate fall apart.
1: Uh, after the process, is it kind of like, uh, that was great, we really appreciate it, but sayonara, <laughs> sayonara? Or is it, we have this lifelong bond and our, our child is going to be in contact with you also? like, How do you make those decisions and what did you decide?
2: So you talked a lot about that stuff before. Um, you enter into the process. Um, you know, what kind of relationship will you have after? And it's really hard to judge what it's going to be like because you don't know how you'll get along throughout those nine months. We talked about Mandy staying in our lives um, after, and um, certainly that's what we've done. So Mandy and I, we text each other weekly. We send pictures. We do Christmas gifts. Yeah. Um, I want my baby to grow up with a picture of her and her family in his room so he knows what this beautiful human being did for him um and we'd like we're gonna fly them down this summer um hopefully to spend some time with us so we definitely plan on keeping seeing them now there are horrors i think horror stories of of intended parents just leaving right after the birth without really the surrogate getting a chance to see the baby and not keeping in contact and just leaving the surrogate high and dry so that stuff certainly does happen. And uh, my husband and I are very adamant that we did not want that to happen. And we wanted whatever relationship Mandy was comfortable with um, to happen.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, that's that's very incredible. And I I can't imagine it personally any other way, because I think once you do create that bond, it's somebody helping you have your child. That is such a unique connection. Um, so while she was going through the pregnancy, how did you get updates on the baby? Like were you, you know, texting her, tell me when it's kicking, or would you just have um like photos of ultrasound sent down? How did that work, especially since you lived so far apart? Our, we texted a lot. Um, so
2: we got like texts of the first and phone calls when we did the first pee stick. Uh that was positive. That was really exciting. Yeah. Um uh the first few doctor's appointments, they kind of like snuck the camera into the ultrasound lab so that we could watch the ultrasound. Um, they, didn't, they didn't want her to video it, but we, we got to see the the first ultrasound. Her OBGYN was very accommodating. And a few times I Skyped in during her appointments just to, you know, get the low down yeah. a little bit about what was going on. Um, we went up and Uh, visited them a few months before the baby was born and we went for a 3D ultrasound together. That's cool. So, and then once uh, Mandy, as she had some bleeding and went to the emergency room and she told the emergency doctor that, you know, I'm a surrogate and my intended mother is a doctor. And so the, the emerge doctor then proceeded to photocopy all of the blood work and all (laughs) of the notes and like sent them home with Mandy so that I could see them. Like, that's amazing. So, yeah so it was it was we felt like we were as much a part of it. We would get videos of the baby moving and the baby kicking a lot from Mandy and Jeff, which was really nice so I mean you're you don't experience it obviously like you would being pregnant or even with your surrogate closer by, mm-hmm. but that their family did as much as they could to make us feel like we were part of part of it as much as we could be
0: so of those experiences uh how do you think that you? like bonded with your baby the most like what what of those things helped you bond with that baby and somebody else the most because I, I imagine that's just such a different process too
2: well I don't I to be honest I don't feel like I bonded much with the baby before he was born we were so worried about Mandy and the delivery and that Mandy was going to be okay during the delivery mm-hmm that you and it's just so it's stressful like it was just the whole thing was really stressful even though we were happy that your mind was elsewhere i guess so but i really you know those first few days in the hospital and i was able to breastfeed so those things really kind of made us bond with the baby When he was born,
0: I was very. I'm very excited to ask you this question. So (laughs) you're saying that you're able to breastfeed. The listeners are probably thinking, saying, "What the hell? How?" Uh, Because that is something that's brought on by you know the hormones in your body when you're pregnant. So how were you able to induce lactation and feed your baby? Because that's incredible. So it's called induced lactation, uh, like
2: you mentioned, um, and basically you can trick your body into producing breast milk. So my protocol was um, birth control pills twice a day for 12 weeks. Oh, my God. And then I stopped them and started Domperidone, which is a medication that helps like your gut motility. Okay. And one of the side effects of Domperidone is lactation. Oh wow! And so, I the day after I stopped my birth control, I started domperidone four times a day, and started pumping uh, for 15 minutes every three hours, and I did that for six weeks. So, and by the time the baby came, I was making 15 ounces a day.
0: Oh my god! (laughs) Yeah, there's so many mothers listening who are so jealous of that milk production. That's incredible. So yeah. you're a cardiovascular surgeon. Would you be bringing your pump to work and kind of pumping on the job as well?
2: Yep. I would um, pump during clinic. I'd just lock my door. I'd pump between surgeries. I remember once I was on call and I, I had to go into an empty OR and sit behind the heart-lung machine and pump behind the heart-lung machine. <laughs> so there were some a few interesting places I had to pump. But yeah, I was pretty dedicated to it and it was a great thing to keep my mind occupied while the whole pregnancy was happening so i was pretty pretty into it
1: okay i have one last question for the pregnancy itself how does that work does she just like text you it's happening and then everyone rushes over to the hospital are you allowed to be there with her or is that just the expected
2: Yeah, so um, that's always tricky. (laughs) Um, We went up at 38 weeks, which probably was a little risky. Um, Maybe should have been uh, down there before. I don't know. But anyway, we showed up at 38 weeks, and she got induced at 39. And we had toured the hospital. Our lawyers sent a letter to the hospital. Everyone knew that we were coming Mm -hmm. and that we was going to be a surrogate. We were in the delivery room. And, uh, unfortunately Mandy, the baby wasn't dropping and the baby was having heart decelerations. So during the contractions, so we had to have an emergency C-section Whoa. and we were, ex- well, I mean, to digress for a moment, mm-hmm. like just all your fears, right. Of, of like course. something yeah. bad happening to your surrogate. So it was really kind of an intense, intense, uh, hour there, but so we did not expect to get into the or for the c-section that's pretty uncommon but the stars aligned for us and all of a sudden people were like well do you want to come in do you want to come into the or and -hmm. we're like heck yeah so we got to sit and basically watch our baby being born (laughs) from someone else which was pretty
0: pretty intense
2: yeah it was awesome whoa that's crazy i, know, I, know. I can just imagine that's picturing strange. that
0: situation is because it's the person that you've connected to now and have been worrying about for nine months a surrogate and your baby so there's there's so much in it for you and i, I just couldn't imagine being in that position but is there anything else that we might not have even known to ask that is a common question you get as a woman who used a surrogate
2: well, one of the most common things I think people say is, I could never imagine giving up a baby. Mm-hmm. And my reaction to that is always it's it's they're not giving up a baby. They're giving back a baby. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think most surrogates would say that they have a stronger connection with the parents than they do the the unborn baby, right? Because they have mm-hmm. all this interaction with the intended parents. And so really they never feel that same connection like you would with your own child. Um, yeah. So that's probably a big misconception that people have, that it's some, this is some sort of heartbreaking thing for them to deliver the baby and, and give the baby back. But I'm sure some women do go through, you know, blues, the postpartum blues and, and feel sad that it's over. But there's never been a case of a surrogate trying to keep – a baby that in,
0: uh, like in Canada,
2: there's never been a surrogate who tried to keep a baby oh, wow. there. There has been the reverse. There has been intended parents who have left, who have gotten like divorce or whatever, and then left the traditional surrogate with the, with the baby. Did the
1: surrogate keep it in that scenario or give it up for adoption?
2: I don't know the details of all the cases. It's happened a few times. Jeez. I think most of them were adopted as far as mm-hmm. I know, but yeah. Be my wow. worst
0: case scenario. If I was just, sorry, be the greatest I'd ever have, oh
2: man! Yeah, I mean it. That you know, like infertility can be hard on couples, and so yeah. it's not a surprise that you know they're, they're getting divorced or whatnot, mm-hmm. and then and then leave the baby. But I can't imagine anyone ever being able to do
1: that. And are you a one and done, or are you going to go through this process? again? <laughs>
2: Oh, boy. We talk about that all the time. Um, I'm, almost, I'm almost 40. And, uh, you know, if I think if I was a bit younger, we might do another one. Uh, but par- part of us just feels like we were so fortunate and blessed. Our baby is perfect and he is adorable. And, Aww. like, you know, we don't want to tempt fate. A surrogate recently died in the United States giving birth. Mm. and you know ours came with a big complication she had a c-section and so part of you kind of feels like okay uh, you know we we came we did it i think we're good so for now no plans on a on, on a second but so happy with what we
0: have
1: yeah congratulations yeah, this that's... sounds uh, so incredible this yeah. process
0: no, Christina, I, I just I just want to thank you so much for coming on and uh talking about this with us because it is such a fascinating process and we clearly know so little about it. But yeah, no, we really, really appreciate you being so open.
2: Uh it's my pleasure and thanks so much for letting me talk about it.
0: Absolutely. All well right. give our best to Mandy. I will. <laughs> <laughs> take care, Christine. Okay, take bye. care. Bye bye.
1: What a an interesting Call and caller and scenario. I've never been more interested in one of the more uh, technical calls. Usually no, I, I try I, to stay out I of know.
0: them. I I could have had her on for an hour. Uh, I would have felt incredibly rude, like I was ruining her night. But there are still so many things that I feel like I want to ask or just dig into more. I feel like I need to have a glass of wine with Christine. Uh, yeah. I, something. She's friends with my dad, so I maybe I can get up to a work oh, function. Oh, she is? Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah, I forgot that she had the, the good job. When then, cardiovascular, then Because yeah, my, my the, dad the really sells, sells equipment, equipment
0: to cardiovascular surgeons.
1: So I was wording things a little dumber. And then she was <laughs> she was answering everything so articulate and smart. I was like, oh, right. This is the smart person job. <laughs> <laughs> and then I felt dumb instantly. But, okay, this person, speaking of feeling dumb, we're about to call my boss. Yep. Now, my boss is married to a uh, television personality named Danielle Graham.
0: On eTalk, right?
1: She's on eTalk. Uh, so they're kinda like a power couple. Randall's the got the big powerful job.
0: Well, Hundo, yeah.
1: Danielle is kinda like the face of the station yeah. in, in some ways. Her and Absolutely. Ben Mulrooney. So I'm a little bit nervous. I don't wanna F this up. I'd hate to be fired uh for asking <laughs> you the imagine? wrong question on a podcast. I'm not sure how legal that would be. But y- you think is he ready right now?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so help me out if I if I screw this up, Alex. I'll try. You know if I'm floundering.
0: No, I'm sure you'll be okay. Okay.
1: Cause we ordered wings in the middle of this too, so yes, I don't want to be rude.
0: You might get fired for that. Yeah. If the, Getting okay. boss on if call. If the, the wings
1: and... come, you have to go outside yep. and pay. Where? So get me. Get me the money ready. But you go outside, cause we gotta play it cool.
0: Yep, absolutely, and professional.
1: Yes. Okay.
3: Um, is this the Family Tree podcast? <laughs> I knew you were going
1: to answer with something uh, different.
3: Oh, snare! <laughs> uh long-time uh, listener, first-time caller, friends. <laughs> yeah, right. So thrilled. So I've always, I've always wanted to say that actually, <laughs> that on uh you know on a radio show. Like, what happened to awesome radio shows? It's true. I used to call in
1: almost every single night of my life when i was in high school from grade 9 till grade 11 no okay. time yeah there was a show it was jim richards was mm-hmm. his name and mind you they were all prank calls and i would record them and i was obsessed with getting people in my high school to get involved and we created this trophy Out of a lacrosse stick We spray painted it gold And the best prank call got their name engraved In the lacrosse stick
0: That's incredibly elaborate
1: And my radio name was Shane the Brain And then they they did a thing (laughs) On the radio station where they banned Male callers which I've never heard before
0: Sexist. What?
1: Yeah, they banned male. Because of Shade in the Brain? (laughs) (laughs) Because of Shade in the Brain, they banned male collars. So, what we would do, we would get our sisters, and if someone had a cool mom, we would get them to get by the Call screeners, Uh, yes so and we would do this prank where it would be like, "All right, we're here with Paulina," and I would be like, "Actually, it's Paul," and then they would just hang up on us. Anyway, (laughs) welcome to the show.
3: Uh, You you know, Shane the Brain uh, is a pretty weak pseudonym because obviously (laughs) I would be like, "Oh, Shane the Brain? Oh, that's Shane Cunningham." Yes, (laughs) like I would, I would, I would suss you out in about twelve seconds. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, but so you just had a small child a month ago, Marigold. I did, Marigold, little Goldie Graham. And this is your so, second.
0: Yeah. This on. is the are, second. Are number you guys two. calling her Goldie?
3: Uh not yet. Right now, we call her Mayor Goldie. So it's like she's the mayor of the Graham household now. Like she's right. the boss. So she's the mayor, Mayor so, Goldie. So and we, a, actually. We had like a we had a night nurse and we we, we said Mara Goldie and she actually uh, she wrote us a very nice card uh, uh, after she left and uh, it said Mara Goldie and she thought that was her name that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's funny.
1: Um, how do you come up with the names? Because you had very interesting name picked out. If it was a boy, I heard the first time the name was going to be Hawkeye.
3: Yeah, so Hawkeye, I've always loved Hawkeye, not uh, because of the Marvel character, but rather Hawkeye Pierce from my oh, favorite T-show, yeah, the best show ever made, so I always loved Hawkeye. My dad used to call me Buckshot, that was my that was my nickname as a kid, and I think he, his father used to call him Buckshot, so somehow Buckshot and then Hawkeye seemed to be like the next natural progression so i desperately wanted to call uh if i we had a boy uh, my son hawkeye now i knew it was like gonna be a huge massive stretch for that to ever happen but i what my strategy was i just prefer instead of referring it to like the baby i would say oh you know like baby hawkeye or like when we're when we're speaking about our potential child hypothetically i would say oh you know if we ever had a little hawkeye or a baby hawkeye and and what would happen is eventually danielle just kind of fell into it and she would say like oh you know this uh this lamp would look really great in little baby hawkeye's room and i was like oh my god (laughs) Working. <laughs> and then uh, Danielle's mom heard it Mary she's the best and uh, she was like over my dead body are you naming any child um, Hawkeye and i was like oh yeah of course you know no problem well like you know we would never do that but i just kept on referring it to referring to this potential baby as hawkeye and then eventually after like about a month then all of a sudden mary my mother-in-law was also referring to the baby as little baby hawkeye so i was like this is genius it worked it was gonna work but then we had a girl song.
0: Wah, wah.
3: I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and to convince uh, an Italian mother-in-law, because Italians yes. are incredible, incredibly traditional. That just tra- shows the mm-hmm. effectiveness of what you did. That's amazing. Because so this they, is a
1: good tip for everyone listening yeah. if they're planning on ha- having a
3: weird name. Yeah, if if it's a it's a pro tip. Uh, we have we have a friend who actually was like uh, he, they were kicking. Well, no, sorry, he was kicking around the name Toronto. And I think everybody was like, um, <laughs> "That's a pretty out there name." Yeah. But like if, Toronto, if... like the city. Correct. That's okay. Wild. So he was like, he was kicking kick, kick around that name. Look, like you know, it's an interesting name. I think if you know, if I would have given him my secret sauce, my my secret t- tools. You could have had a Toronto. Actually, he had a girl too, so. Oh, right. was, I was yeah. going
0: to say, thank God you didn't, because that probably wouldn't have worked out as well as Hawkeye would have. I,
1: I do find boy, boy names a lot harder to oh pick than a, a, a girl name. We're struggling so hard right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, I agree. 100% mm-hmm. I agree.
0: Yeah, another brutal.
1: And we had a name picked out, and then for reasons we can't really discuss, that name got poo-pooed, so yeah. we can't do it
3: you know what like this is what i would say i'm uh, like uh you know uh we work in creative fields i would like part of the part of the reason why i so start to have a kid is like to come up with the name for a kid like that's mm-hmm. part of the fun like i was like uh you like we had marigold on our list our first list uh for beatrix and um but uh, and then, when we're, we're coming up to the second, and then Danielle floated, I was like, ah, I pretended that I wasn't hot on it. Only <laughs> because I like, I love the game. Like, I love the yeah. naming game. It was so fun. So she's like, oh, what about Marigold? And I was like, nah, like, nah, it's, just, it's a flower name. But, like, I loved it. And, like, <laughs> I love Gold. I love Goldie Graham. Like, I just thought I was a rat. So.
0: Goldie's one of my favorite names of all time. I love Goldie. Oh, yeah,
3: it's a great name. Totally great name. And then it and it, and you know, uh, Daniel's uh, mother is Mary. Like, as, as soon as, like, I was, like, obviously we're going to name this kid Marigold. Like, from the second that it was me that Daniel floated it, I was like, oh, it's happening. But, you know, we played along. We came up with some other fun names. It was super fun.
1: What I found is, uh, with us, the name... That we had, the one we preferred, dictated which gender we were actually rooting for. Yeah. So we started rooting to have a girl. And then we had a better boy name. We're like, now we want a boy for the next kid. Now we're back to wanting a girl. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. We we love the girl name. Lucy is such a great name.
0: Lucy's great. And we love our our next potential girl name, too. But we're just so lukewarm on any boy names.
1: Yeah, for this kid we're talking about, now we've oscillated on which we've been rooting
3: for. I thought you said that you guys were rooting for Rebecca.
1: Becca? No. Melissa. No.
3: (laughs) Jennifer. (laughs) No. No. Sally.
1: Randall, we're not, we (laughs) we don't even give a shit. The name's Betty. We don't care. Oh, it's Betty. Yeah. Yeah. We don't hold it back at all, the name. Listen, Betty Cunningham is
3: pretty toast. Isn't it It's amazing.
0: It's so cute. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I love it. Okay, wait. Now, are you are you guys for real? That that Betty is in the running.
0: No, that's Be- it Be- Betty
3: is for the girl's a girl name. name for sure. Get the that, F out. Oh, that's we're, awesome. We're
0: not even talking about it anymore. Like we figured that out in the pool in Vegas in September, and we haven't discussed it since because we're just hot uh, on it.
3: Lucy and Betty are a killer combo. They, I, you guys haven't found out yet if it's a boy or girl. We yet. find
1: out on Wednesday, actually.
3: <sighs> yeah. So what? So what's the boy potential name?
1: Oh, this was okay, originally it was uh going to be Jersey. Jersey is out. Ooh, I like Jersey. Jersey's Why, out. Was, why is Jersey out? Well, we can't talk about it. But uh, and then uh Jules uh, was our second name. And now Alex wants to go with Ace, which is kind of a weird name. I
0: like Ace though. But, I like Ace and I like Jules. But I like them both.
1: To be honest, we're just hoping it's another girl. Just because <laughs> I feel like I'm no matter what I pick for boy now,
3: I'm gonna be regretting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so weird. I was like, I was definitely like, uh, either way, I, I didn't care if I was a boy or a girl, but I did like, because everybody asked that and like, honestly, I didn't either way, but I did think that I would be slightly more adept at raising a boy only because I was a boy and I felt like I would have better tools, etc. But then uh, literally about... An hour before we were about to find out, I just had this weird gut feeling that it was a girl. Like immediately, like it was just like and I would have bet a million dollars that it was a girl, and we found out that it was a girl. So it was kind of weird, I wow. feel like.
1: See, I was hoping for uh, a girl only because I had a sister and I was kind of raised by my mom, so I felt felt like I knew women more than I knew men.
3: Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true as well like I've never had with the exception of my current boss I like uh, I've always been raised like my bosses have always been powerful women so um, yeah that's true I was I, I kind of aspire to be I guess not a woman. This is... <laughs> you guys are going to cut this part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no.
1: This, is, this might be the only part we actually use. And this will be in the promos, actually. Uh, but the, the question I'm actually... I've been kind of avoiding yeah. asking because I feel like I know the answer and I'm always scared to hear this answer. How bad is it once you get that second kid? Like, how much harder is it? I should rephrase that.
3: So, I, like, for me, I was... Uh... Yeah, I was uh, when I was 16 years old. My parents had another kid, a caboose kid. My parents had me and my brother uh, very young, and they were like, it wasn't it wasn't a surprise care package. It was uh, I was a planned kid. They weren't ready for empty nests. So at 16 years old, there was a baby in our house, and my mom was very intent on you know maybe giving me the, the tools to have a baby so i was changing diapers i was putting her to bed i was i i, I she really put me in the trenches so when beatrix was coming down the pipeline i was like this is nothing i wasn't worried i wasn't freaked out uh, i was i was totally calm obviously we got there i was like and we were taking her from the hospital like I was I every step that I took I was like are you guys serious you're letting me leave with this child like this is crazy um, yeah it feels like you're
1: do- committing better. a crime yeah. yeah 100% it's like
3: I, I you know i've carried a baby a ton but when it's your own kid i was like terrified to go down the stairs so i guess i got got over that quick but i was i was very prepared Then this time around, I was like, oh, it can't be that bad because everybody says it's not twice as much work. I've heard it's like two and a half times as much work or it's like three times as much work. I was like, yeah, it can't be that bad. I will say it's like it's definitely at least two and a half times more work, like 100 percent. 'Cause what happens is your oldest kid, B, who is like the sweetest, awesome, like she was like a rock star. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as Maribold came on the she was like, Well, no, this is this isn't happening. And she's nice. yeah, she's clever enough to come up with some pretty interesting ways to keep your attention. So you're you know, you're dealing with with a hellion as as sometimes happens
0: so what is because i this is how i think lucy's gonna be too because she doesn't even handle the new kid at daycare very well so what is the 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 most surprising way b has acted out since marigold's come around
3: um i think like she was like we never spoke to her like a baby um not not because we were told that or, or heard that which I I have heard that s- since but we just uh Danielle and I don't really <laughs> we were never really into piton yeah. so we <laughs> we we kind of we always spoke to her like an adult and I like she got her vocabulary pretty quickly and um she communicates well and and she um explains her feelings well um and then as soon as Marigold showed up, it was all of a sudden she started acting like a baby, which was, it's so weird because like this adult kid suddenly acting like a baby, it's it's really tripping. It's completely <laughs> trippy.
1: Your wife had what's called a geriatric pregnancy, and it's so funny to hear the word geriatric with like someone in their mid thirties now. hundred percent going through a pregnancy. Like that, are you scared? Are you worried? What are the extra complications, and how do you handle that mentally and physically?
3: Um, I definitely wasn't worried. Like, I very much believe, like, you know, everything's going to be okay. I'm a kind of a positive thinker, I believe in a higher power. Uh, so I wasn't freaked out. Uh, Danielle definitely was, I think, obviously, because. You know, if anything happens, I feel like she would obviously blame herself. So I think mm-hmm. there would be would be that would be the the, the main fear. Um, I don't want to want to speak for her, but that would be my, my guess as kind of like the the driving factor for that. But I think it's also like you know we decided that we wanted to have a second kid, and you know in the back of your mind, your time is you think that time is running out, but it's also like uh, not just for uh, you know the birth of your child and like a newborn but it's also you know 18 years from now i'm going to be pretty old <laughs> yeah so, you know you 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 start running those numbers as well and you know we we waited for uh a while before we had kids so
1: but for the pregnancy yeah. itself was there complications like any extra or did, was it a smooth pregnancy?
3: Yeah, we were really t- super lucky. Like we got um early we got early tests. We we, we spent the money on those early tests. Like but the genetic like,
0: testing and stuff like that. Yeah, like exactly. Prosomal, it was, yeah.
3: yeah. It was like it was not evasive, but um I think it was like eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty expensive i think it's crazy that our health plan doesn't cover something like that especially because if there if there is problems then uh you know that's going to be more stress on the on the system down the road anyways so
0: yeah you want those parents see, to be it, prepared
3: exactly it feels like something that they be doing but i digress uh so yeah we we, we spent the money to have those early tests not that i think it would have maybe changed our minds i think we would have had our baby irregardless but i think just for peace of mind or, or to understand what we were getting into uh, we did have those tests and knock on wood everything was turned out great and um we were really lucky and now
1: okay so now you have two kids danielle's a yeah. working mom and she probably she uh, her job involves a lot of travel and maybe more books and other other moms time away from the baby uh how do you manage your time now like like we use a system where we have lots of help from grandparents
3: etc are you in that same
1: scenario and do you lean on those people? yeah
3: it takes a village uh we have Danielle's mom who's like an absolute rock star uh so she's in Guelph she'll come for you know a couple days um out of out of the week and then obviously Danielle uh went to work at the awards so she came for that part of it I think it was that was a lot more stressful on Danielle leaving. That was on uh, me and mom. We were, you know, pretty chilled. And, you know, like, you know, she made sure we were all set up and uh, uh, able to succeed while she, she was gone. But she was definitely more worried about it going into it than mom and I were. I, I think we would have actually acted cool as a cucumber, even if we were freaking out, just so that Danielle wouldn't be freaking out right uh, when she left but we were actually totally chilling and we we had a plan uh you know a divine and conquer plan that first morning and it literally went out the out the window <laughs> like the, that <laughs> within an hour um uh, but we just kind of slotted into new positions and it and totally work fine so
0: randall i've been wanting to know so badly about how that experience went so we had mike veerman on the podcast a few weeks ago and i was excited to ask him about danica his wife was on vacation for like a week and mike was alone with their daughter at like six months but you take the cake for uh the only dad I've ever met who has spent several days home alone with not only a newborn baby but a newborn and a toddler and that blew my mind and I know you had help but like for two people taking that on that's difficult uh so yeah I'm just so fascinated to know about that experience like were you I know you were acting cool but like were you shitting your pants even a little bit
3: no I like I, I think I would have been under a lot different circumstances I have I think my mom uh really prepared me to be like it's kind of like in my belly like I've always been kind of calm in any kind of in any kind of big stressful situations, mm-hmm. I'm usually pretty calm. It's like small things that I'm usually not good at. Big things are like – not to say that that's a big thing to look after your own kids for three days. But, no, it,
0: being uh, any one parent being home with right. two kids and one of those kids is a newborn I think is a huge thing. Like I think you're underplaying – in my head, that's it's so huge.
3: But I, I, I think that like in your head – I agree with that in the sense that – going into it it can be overwhelming Mm -hmm. once you're in it it's not like you have any uh, like there's no option for fail like 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 you can't really fail so there's no like i think in in the like i think there's like you know i think everybody has like a kind of a primal instinct to look after your child right like like the things that get overwhelming are or uh you know if, you, if your kid's freaking out about something that, and you can't fix it or like those kind of problems but like i don't know like l- looking after like a newborn like yeah it's it's scary going into it but i think once you're in it it's not that bad mm-hmm. at least at least for me it w- wasn't that bad
0: because you have no other options so when it, exactly when that happens, and when you were watching uh, Marigold and B, who is the one, like, were you getting up, you know, the five, six times a night, however many times it is newborns get up to feed her and do the burping and everything like that?
3: Yeah, so, uh, we so we impressive. In so- That's
0: so impressive to me.
3: <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, to be clear, like, we brought in, we brought back our, our nightmares oh, nice. for, like, uh, a couple of those nights. I did one night. Fortunately, like I don't know if it was uh, <clears throat> like our second time around or if we've just got a different baby, but at two weeks, we had my sleeping for a four-hour stretch. Get out of here! Yeah, and now like she's like six weeks old. I'm gonna say seven weeks old and five weeks old, so that you know you can edit it correctly. <laughs> um, me, I'm just kidding I it's six weeks um, <clears throat> Anyways Yeah, I was like already doing Six hour stretches On that night there was like Like, you know, a big load up And then like I put her down at midnight And then I was up at I want to say four thirty, five o'clock, fed her again yeah, that like that process, as you know, takes a while. You feed yeah. then you burp, change, then calm down, back down. So it's like, you know, every, anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes, that cycle. But then she slept another four. So it was like really only one time in the middle of the night that I had to get up.
0: I'm just so jealous about what a lucky son of a bitch you are. Because Lucy wasn't oh, sleeping for six hours until she was like six months old.
3: I remember many times, and, like, obviously, Danielle's doing all of that heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, those first three months were just, like, absolute insanity. This time, knock on wood, like, and I don't know if it's, like, maybe we're, we had a lot more experience. We knew mm-hmm. what we were doing a little bit more, like, like spacing out the feed, feeding a little bit. Um, and But I also think we just got got lucky i think are night nurses
1: covered in canada or is that mucho dinero no that and it's
3: it's a hundred percent mucho dinero and it was uh very expensive but like uh, (laughs) yeah it was like we didn't do that the, the first time around we we had heard about it we we were doing like two nights a week right so we were uh you know just to like get a little bit of a Absolutely. little bit of a break and then um when danielle was gone uh, we brought her in for a little for most of that time but uh yeah it was incredible like if you ha- have the means it was amazing she was i also think actually she might have helped kind of build that sleeping schedule a That's little great. bit so that really helped i wish I wish we still had her. Uh, and it was uh, like it was actually like it was heartbreaking to um, <laughs> like it was heartbreaking that her last night. Uh, I think like, you know, obviously she was really awesome with Miracle. Then she kind of becomes a little bit of part of your life. Mm-hmm. But uh, also it was like, you know, heartbreaking because a lot less sleep on the horizon. Back on mm-hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, I'm going to give you one more question. But of before course. I do that, I want to tell everyone, Randall runs family blog with his wife called The mm-hmm. Family Graham. And That's it, true. And it's excellent. It's a good source of pretty much everything under the, the sun. Yeah. So if you, if you have a kids, which I'm assuming you do if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> uh, follow that. And uh, Danielle Graham uh, is her Instagram account, which is essentially now I would say it's like a maternity account, correct? <laughs>
3: yeah it, it's definitely uh it's it's gone from uh glam to fam right.
1: and you you have uh you're you pretty much have a dad account now randall
3: i a, a do randall yeah no it's uh randall channel oh of course on, yes on instagram but uh um... Okay, my uh, yeah, like uh, kids uh take over your, your life so. oh i oh, I know it i'm I'm managing
1: uh Alex's account as we speak, actually um <laughs> but my last question is, you and Danielle are people I would consider alpha. I always am curious who is the house captain in each mm-hmm. household? Usually, I'm pretty good at predicting who that is. In this right. case, to me, it goes right down the middle. Now, is there what would I call a house captain in your house?
3: Oh yeah, I've been the house captain for
1: <laughs> 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 uh,
3: I couldn't even get it out. Uh, no, yeah, like uh, Danielle's definitely, you know, the quarterback. She will off she she will uh, limit that sometimes it's unfair that she's the house captain. I've definitely volunteered many a time to take over those duties, but uh, you know, I think it's a- you know, that kind of thing where you don't want to get too good at certain things that you maybe don't necessarily <laughs> want to do. Right. So, uh, you know, like already Danielle's like, uh, like I've given Marigold all of her baths and she doesn't cry when I bathe her. Mm-hmm. So she's like, Oh, Oh, Randall, you're like, uh, you're really good at beating those kids. And, like I said, like, I had to be a that night. So she's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, you're just so good at it. Like, I'm just not really good at it. I'm right. like, okay, I see what you're doing, house captain. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So, so she, you know, she's a, a good house captain, but, uh, uh, yeah. So 100%.
1: reveal your talents wisely, I guess, is the message there.
3: Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, every once in a while, Uh, you know things up a little bit you know if there's something that you're you desperately don't want to do you know be bad at it
1: and on that note I think we have to go right now we have a delicious plate of chicken wings (laughs) waiting for us right now for a late dinner (laughs) but thank you so much for doing this Randall I really appreciate it you're a great boss you're a great caller
3: listen I love your your guys stuff also I would like to give you guys a shout out I remember there was um one of your earlier episodes and Shane was talking about how you're in the heat of it at the beginning when you're the f- first kid and you're, and, uh, Shane were talking about like, Oh, you each think that you're doing the most heavy lifting. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so like, I-, I was feeling that in my head, but until you verbalized it, I was like, Oh my God. Like it was, that was really true. Cause like, you know, you're, you know, you're in the trenches and, and there's nobody else that you can vent to except for each other. So yeah. you, you vent to each other and you're like, ah, blah, 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 and then like but I do this blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and it's like, Competitive. You, in, in, until you, until you kind of set in those words, it was very frustrating to me. And then you said that and then I was like, oh my God. And then it's, oh, thank you for yeah. <laughs> that insight. It was, uh, it it helped me reframe things in my head as well so
1: yeah it's really hard to avoid those arguments but the key is i guess to recover from them gracefully
3: a hundred percent absolutely
1: all right on that note randall i'll let you go again appreciate it and you have a great night absolutely uh
3: i'll love to be back on again so
1: we'll you will be all right love you guys see you bye Bye. okay we did it so that did it those are two uh, longer calls, so I think maybe I we it. skip the question period one
0: hundred percent um but everybody, thanks for tuning in and uh thanks to our callers tonight and we- Alex,
1: thank you because what a lot of people may not know is people <laughs> people probably know but the the chicken wings came
0: oh uh, yeah and you
1: got those within like thirty seconds and brought them in and you did it perfectly. Thank you. So, okay, this is episode 26 of This This Family Family Tree Podcast. Podcast.
0: Please don't forget, if you do enjoy the podcast, to go on, give us a rating, give us a review. We do so appreciate it. Have a great night.